eliminate the unbelievable of God's word and believe in life. You know what humanity is to take God's word as tongues and prophecy go hand This is Young Ecclesia Nation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God in ministration. I'm Pastor God bless you. And write everything down. Based on that understanding, as I said, I've asked people to pray, but I need people to actually become more aware in this period. Whether you're a leader, worker, member, or you just came around to see how we do things, whichever one, this period I'm around, be more prayerful because you should always be prayerful. Be more prayerful. What I mean by that is I don't just limit it to a point in time when you're praying, but be prayerful. I want you to be praying. Just be conscious and aware because the truth about it is that there is nothing that God can do on the planet Earth without your prayer. As powerful as God is, as big, in quote, as God is, as mighty as God is, the instrument of activity for God on the Earth is prayer. A certain man said, it seems, appears, that God will not do anything without prayer. And it's so true. The act of prayer is actually how God's will comes to pass on the earth. I think I remember the last time I came here and I was explaining that the point of prayer is not to meet your needs. It's not about that. Many people have turned Christianity to supermarkets. So it's a place where you collect stuff. So it's like, instead of remove that supermarket, put Christianity there. Just walk in and pick what you want. Name it and claim it. Now, is there faith in Christianity? Yes. But what is the core of the Christian life? The core of the Christian life is Christ. Amen? Christ is the core of the Christian life. So the other means is that there are people that died in the mouth of lions. Yet, they were born again. They did not even say, I'm not, in fact, Lord, I'm not doing it again. They still did while they were in the mouth of lions. That tells you that your Christianity is much more than collecting things from God. Prayer is much more than asking God for things. Prayer is way deeper. Prayer is actually how God's will is done on the earth. Jesus as a man, before coming as a man to the earth, could not have come if people did not pray. In fact, question, why did it take about 4,000 years for Jesus to come? <laughs> it took 4,000 years of prayer for Jesus to come as a man. Yes. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, if you shall conceive and bear a son and his name shall be Jesus. That angel could only have said that because a lot of people had prayed over time and prayed that into manifestation. There was a woman called, I think, Hannah. The Bible says she was a prophetess. And as she stayed in the temple day and night. She lost her husband seven years after she got married. And after that, that she gave her life to the cause of prayer. And she was doing one assignment, praying for one thing, the coming of the Lord Jesus. This is a woman that spent like 50 years of her life Pray one prayer point. The Bible says she did not leave the temple day and night. She devoted her entire life to one thing. Some people are dangerous. When you stand before the Lord, you saw people receiving some awards and rewards because of their own, the roles they played. Her own role was what? That role. To pray to ensure that the Lord Jesus came into the earth. So everything that God will do, God will do it through prayer. Everything that God will not do, it will not happen because someone will not pray. Meaning, how do I let God's will come to pass in my life? I pray the more. How do I let more of God's will come to pass in my life? Guess what? I pray much more. So the Christian must be given to intense labor in prayer. Because you realize every time I don't pray, God cannot touch a person. Every time I don't pray, I will, I'm falling God's hand. Every time I don't pray, something of the will of God is not being done on the earth. In other words, my prayer either promotes or discourages the will of God on this planet. That is why prayer meetings are some of the most important meetings you'll ever attend. It's called labor. Meaning it's not easy. Jesus so prayed and labored there that Bible says that his sweat was like drops of blood. He so labored, he was in anguish, he was in pain. He fell on the floor and labored. Laboring is a very strong task. 
So it means if you labor, you get tired. Getting tired is not a sign that God wants to stop prayer. It's not the Lord telling you anything. In fact, the Lord is saying, press on my son. Press on my daughter. Do some six more hours. Yes. Pray without ceasing. A man calls me people's what? Raise 21 people from the dead. 21. Write down your book and look at it. Two and one. Write it. And look at it. Two and one. In case that doesn't make sense to you, do this one. One, two, three, four, five, six. Till you get to 21. So you can understand. A man raised 21 people from the dead. And I even know some other guys are beating a record. The same man calls me Twiggles what? We know from his lifestyle that there was a point in his life that he was given to praying every 30 minutes. In other words, in an hour, he would take out 30 minutes to pray. Every 30 minutes of the day, he would pray. Given to prayer, back to back, back to back. You, you are praying, you prayed this morning. A man finished praying this morning and took prayer throughout the day. Because you cannot afford to say you will not pray. <laughs> Everything we do in our Christian life is linked to prayer. Because the things we do, what makes them spiritual is that we engage prayer. Prayer produces the power of God's spirit. The book of James explains that the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Power powers things. Power gives life to things. This bulb is only on because electricity is flowing through this building. When you pray, electricity, spiritual electricity flows through you to do things. When I looked at her and I said to her, I said, drink water. With the instruction of drink water was the healing power of God. You see, the, what I did was that there was something she could not do because of the pain that she had. I gave an instruction counter to the pain that she had. I said, drink water. What was my intention for giving the instruction? That she would drink water and not feel any pain. If from my intention, the power of God began to flow. If I don't have a prayer life, it will not work. As much as knowing who you are in Christ is what allows miracles to work, those things still work by prayer. Understanding is one part. Prayer is the other part. They go hand in hand. So he must pray. It's labor. He must pray. Don't miss a prayer meeting because that is where people are formed. They are made. We've been made by prayer meetings. Where people came and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You must get to a point whereby you don't pray because people are praying. You pray because you know you should pray. Guess what? You just what? You just pray. What are we doing? We are praying. We are just praying. You pray the more. You pray again. When you pray, guess what, brethren? You pray again. You must get to a point that prayer is not dependent on your circumstances. We only pray when their mother is sick. No, you must pray when she's not sick. Pray when she's sick. Pray out of the sickness and pray again. Yes. Because you understand that prayer is how God expresses himself. Write that down. Prayer is the expression of God on the earth. Prayer is how God expresses himself. Without prayer, God cannot express himself. Let's open to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, from verse 23. Verse 23, it says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Now, the background of this story is when they made that lame man walk. Silver and gold have I not. And they made the lame man walk. And that guy walked out of that place. And then there was commotion. And the chief priest vexed and invited them to harass them. Then they threatened them and said, go. So when they went, the Bible says, and they came out to their own company. And verse 24, and then when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with what I called and said, Lord, you are God that made heavens and earth and all the sea and all that is in him. Verse 25. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the hiddens rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Verse 26. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27. For of a truth against your holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with all the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together. Verse 28. For to do whatever your hand and your counsel determine for the done. Verse 29. 
he says, and now, Lord, he says, look at their threatening. And grant to your servants with all boldness that they may what? Speak a word. Look at verse 30. He now said they may speak a word. He now said how? By stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. So, what did these guys want? They wanted signs and wonders, right? So, write this down. Prayer is the expression of a desire. Prayer is the expression of a desire. In other words, when I pray, I'm trying to express a desire or bring into manifestation a desire. So, he says, verse 31, And when they had what? Prayed. Someone said they had prayed. He said the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they all filled with the Holy Ghost. And spoke the word of God with boldness. Are you seeing this? What happened? They prayed. What happened? Power was made available. What happened? The place was shaken. What happened? It says they filled the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word with boldness. Look at verse 33. And with great power. Look at that. What did they pray about? Power. Abi? What happened? Great what? Power. It says the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And grace was upon them. What does prayer do? It produces grace. So meaning that anything that Jesus asks you to do and you do not pray before you do it or you don't use prayer to establish it, that thing will not work. If Jesus asks you to win souls, guess what? You are going to win the souls on the backs of prayer. If Jesus asks you to start a cell and raise disciples, guess what? It is through prayer that you will raise disciples. Anything that you do without prayer is a failure to Jesus. It may even look like it's working, but it's a failure. Today we have a lot of ministries and churches that have raised disciples and people based on projector screens and smoke screens and lights and nice worship, but no prayer life. You go to a place, you've not heard tongues. Ah, ah, what are you doing there? No, honestly, let me tell you, if you're in a church, they don't speak in tongues. If you can't run, run. Go and find a place where there's Scatter that thing. Yes. Find a place where they pray. Because it's in prayer that God can do what he wants to do. This meeting, I instructed, I said this is where you should start praying. Because if I want to cover myself and give you information, talk about HIV, I don't need to pray. I just come and say, brethren, men and brethren, HIV is real. Don't sleep with anybody. But when I realized that I have men's and women's destinies in my hands, and the words I say will be critical to building their spiritual lives. When I understand this fact, I cannot dare appear here without first of all soaking myself in the place of prayer. So that when I come here and I speak, the words I speak, Jesus said the words I speak to you are spirit, are life. How does the spirit get expressed by prayer? Pray in the spirit. <laughs> yes. Consistently. Think about this. Jesus was a man, right? As well as God. But let me even say this. The Bible says in the book of Philippians that he stripped himself of divine privileges. He came as a man. So on the earth, Jesus did not operate as, as God. He operated as a man. He was as much man as any of us and had the same Holy Ghost we have. That is why we can follow his example because he's exactly the way we were. We are exactly the way he was. So he didn't come and start boasting. He was God though, by status. Was by expression, he was a man that had the Holy Ghost inside. So this God, in quotes, if God came, and we see the Bible says that Jesus got up a great while before dawn. His disciples observed. John and the rest, he wrote, he said, this guy will get up early, sometimes 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and the guy will disappear into a bush. And the Bible says he will pray until daybreak. Sometimes, the guy, can you imagine, after ministering to people for three days, so they found that they said they are hungry, right? And he walked a mighty miracle, fed all of them. After that, guess what? You would think that the, the guy would say, let me go and sleep. The guy climbed the mountain. He said, I want to go and pray. The guy wants to pray before the meeting. Seriously prayed. Every morning, he's waking up to pray. After the meeting, crusade, guess what? The guy climbed the mountain to go and pray. And was there for about eight or nine hours. 
the guy was always praying. Before he chose the 12 disciples, the Bible says he prayed all night. Actually, that was 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. The guy realized this thing I'm going to do is a very... These are the 12 people that I'm going to, I'm going to entrust the gospel to. 12 apostles. The guy spent 12 hours praying. Meaning you don't even pick your leaders based on I like a person. The guy fried himself in prayer for 12 hours. Then he just came, he came down the next in the morning and he just said, okay, you, 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 you. He was led. 12 hours of prayer. You know, he's a man called Renal Bonky. If you don't know Bonky, you should go and check out Bonky. Bonky said that Jesus took him in a vision one time and he showed him that night that Jesus was praying. And according to what he said, that the prayer point Jesus had that night was, let me not choose like men do. Let me choose like you do. You see, because Jesus was a man on the earth, he relied on prayer. Prayer gets God's will into the picture. He relied on prayer. So he was asking, say, Lord, I don't want to pick these people based on my own thoughts and feelings. I want to pick them based on your own design. You must be a person, a tongue talker. In class, that is in mass. I've tried it. It will help you understand the maths. It will help you. As you are praying in tongues, prayer actually affects your brain. It's true. Prayer produces power that affects every aspect of you, including your brain. A man called John G. Lake, he asked them, he told them to put some, you know, this is like I read the activity of the brain. And the guy began to pray. Pray in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. There was this needle that measures the activity of the brain. As it was speaking, the thing almost like, was almost breaking the <laughs> breaking the whatever. The activity was so high. When you spend time, you actually get inspired. Your mind, your mind's capacity is amplified. Try it. Before you read your book, go and fry yourself in like one hour of prayer. They go and look at that same book, you can now understand. Yes. That same book, it will crack. See, I don't know mass. In my family, we can't, we can't study mass to save our lives. Go and enter one field and stay there for four hours or five hours and be praying in tongues. See, look, mass, brain, open, mass, brain, open, mass, four hours. Come back and look at the mass and tell me whether it's not open as if you want you go and teach your lecturer. Yeah, in class. It's not, don't be distracted. Wherever you are, in the short, unless you are maybe witness the person beside you or having a condition, but you know what you do? You don't have to shout. Hope you know the effectiveness of your prayer is not by shouting. There's a place of praying fervently, but you can pray fervently a bit more quietly, depending on the environment. Honor your breath. Yes. Some of you don't even know how to get out of trouble. You don't know how to get out of trouble. They want trouble. Your lecturer wants it. You don't know. If you can, hey, hey, hey. What are you crying for? Enter your room, Joe. Come and fry yourself. Prayer. See, let me say this. Prayer is the expression of a desire backed by power. Meaning, Jesus said, whatever you ask, say, I will do it. That whatever has a lot of whatever. So, the only part that God will not do is where you want to, someone, for example, you cannot come and ask my wife, <laughs> ask for me. I'm gone. You understand? That prayer will not work. At those days in school, we have camp meeting. And lecture says, there's a, what they call it, and usually that period used to be uh, what they call mid mid semester test. Oh boy, see movement, move it, Joe, move it, move that test. We will not move them. From nowhere, test cancelled. Lecture don't show up. Different things happen. There are things to hold, especially when you have something to do with the gospel. Salvation of souls, people being trained, discipled, and the lecture will hold. Hey, let me hear. If you know what some people have used, some people have even inspired to do that. I don't really approve of like that though. In those days, the University of Portacourt, one of my friend was telling me, he said that one VC came in and said that he banned all fellowships in the school and should all close down. Please, that is a satanic instruction. You don't obey such. <laughs> they say, eh, another fellowship was closing down. Oh. They say, okay, we know what to do. Okay. They went to a place called Long Tennis Court. And went there for eight hours and tied for eight hours, prayed for eight hours. After eight hours, they pointed to the admin building and sacked the man. After they sacked him, they said that the governor of that state, from nowhere, the next we just visited. And when he came, he said, Where is this man? He's not around. Remove him. You enter. That was it. This thing is called prayer. You don't know the power. The people that rule are the people that pray. 
The Bible says that there was a man called Simon the Sorcerer that bewitched, bewitched the whole city in Samaria. Bewitched the whole city. They said they were following, they called him the great power of God. They were following him everywhere because of the signs and wonders guy was doing. He was bewitched. He held the whole city at ransom. Philip, trust me, Philip, if you notice Philip's description in, in the previous chapter of Acts, Philip was called Philip the, he wasn't called the evangelist by that time. He was called a deacon. Deacon is not a, an honorable title in, in question. Because many of you know deacon in your church, deacon, deacon this, forget it. You know what deacon, deacon in that case was Osha. <laughs> yes. Because his job qualification was to share food. Osha. That was the deacon description. Deacons are those who do things that are, have a lot to do with the natural side of life in church. He was an usher. He had an usher pass through Samaria and, the, and disgraced that power that the man, the, the sorcerer himself, saw it and said, eh? And got born again. Usher! Usher! Not Pope. Usher. Usher that knew how to pray. And you see the difference. It tells you that if a man can pray, bros, he can pray. Ah! Forget it. Yes, you are in charge. You are in charge. When anybody calls me, I just call, all I do is that when I, I will speak about the institution, I will just call the leader of that place or that fellowship. I say, oh yeah, you know what to do. Oh yeah, raise prayer. Start praying. And you know what happens? When more people pray together, right? You can have multiplied effects. So what you use, what you use eight hours to pray about, Right? Ten people can come and pray one hour and get the same result. So imagine the ten people pray the eight hours. Yes. Prayer is the activation of angels. The Bible says angels hearken to the voice of the word of the Lord. Where is the voice of God on the earth? In men. In your prayer. Prayers are what activate angels. The Bible also says, the Lord, my God, shall do exceedingly abundantly above all we may ask or think according to the power that works in us. Where do angels draw the power to do things? From you. So that means that angel is a dummy till you pray. There was a testimony they gave a church one time about a lady. She's been in this company for like several years, like three or five years. And based on the requirements of the company, she should have been promoted and earned more. But for some reason, she just wasn't promoted. And she was a Christian in that, you know, a, a serious Christian. Wasn't promoted. So she came to church and she was like, sir, you know, they're doing something. So they spoke and said, don't worry, go. <laughs> they sorted it out, you know. Because when you've prayed, you spend a lot of time praying in the spirit, right? After that, it's time to start talking. The words you speak are like bullets. They're like bombs. Yes. Let's say you have one family issue or one thing like try it. Go and pray for four hours. Four hours. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying four hours for emphasis. Could be two, three, but the more you pray, the better. Just go and pray a bit. And then come back as after you finish praying, start talking. Just say, this will not happen. That will not happen. Say decree, decree, go and sleep. You don't know what you just did. Angels. You need to see angels, though. As we are here, the kind of angelic <laughs> activity around this place. Don't be deceived because it looks quiet. The amount of angels in this place is crazy. Because Jesus asked us to start here, he doesn't tell you start something and then he leaves. He says, go, I'm coming. No. When he says start it, he releases angels that go with the commission. Yes, they are here. When you see a prayer meeting is a blank check, what does it? Prayer meeting is a blank check. It's a blank check. After you finish praying, you pray like pray, 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 pray like pray, 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 pray. Hi, you know, you know when you prayed. When you pray, you know, like that you pray and you know you are not here again. You know you are not an influence. At that time, the situation you used to look at that was big looks like this. You know, at times when, after, when, you know, I know when I need to start praying more again. When I, like, I look at sickness and it starts looking big. 
I go back to my prayer class, I start praying again. You know, if you're there for summer camp, you see how we do these things now. I say, hey. I say, what's that one? He said, what? Cancer? Come out, Joe. So I don't look at you, you'll be healed. Why? Prayer. You know, did you notice what these guys prayed about? They prayed about boldness. Are you aware? They pray for boldness. But something I know also is that when you give yourself to prayer, boldness comes. You fry yourself in prayer two, three hours. You notice that you are like a lion. You are just bolder. You know, there was one lady that a lecturer, that same school I told you about, was a friend of mine that came from that school. Very crazy guys. He said one lecturer was disturbing one girl in his fellowship, in his cell. And the lecturer told the girl, he said, over my dead body, will you graduate? Because the guy, didn't want, she didn't want to sleep with him. He said, unless you sleep with me, over my dead body, will you graduate? When she told the guy, the guy said, Lord, you heard. She said, what? Over his word, dead body. Let it be so. That guy came down with a terminal sickness. It was bad. It was bad. Like, in the end, they had to trace it and find out where it was coming from. The guy had to confess to his wife for this is what I was doing. Then I had to beg, come and beg this guy. He went there. He said, let me hear this thing again. He would die. <laughs> he told the guy he would die. <laughs> now, nah, I don't support that. To leave the guy now. Let him receive Jesus. A man called Elijah prayed. I really not for. See, prayer even extends to inanimate objects. Power prayer. At those days, I was just do it. I've, I've, I've calmed down. Someone's phone that is dead. I say, come back to life. <laughs> tell the phone, come back. Even if he's not dead, the guy, person, phone that is not, I don't mean walking. I told someone, come back to life. He was not walking. I just left it. I just said, because part of faith works by what, it doesn't work by what we see. You understand? It works by the word. The word says, I say to happen. So I just said, it will work. And left. <laughs> she went with my call. I said, the phone is working. I said, phone call. What are you expecting? Yes. Sometimes the reason why you are not bold is because you don't pray. Boldness comes from two things. It comes from knowledge and prayer. My understanding of the word of God, my understanding of what God says I should do, my understanding of my abilities in Christ, and it also comes when I am a person of prayer. That cell that you are being given to run, those of you that have cells, don't think you will do it in the flesh. You will pray. Let me even say this, that all of you here that are in this ministry that are here, all of you are here because of prayer. Are, are you aware? If you are not aware, let me tell you today, you are here because of prayer. Don't think that you just walked in by yourself. So I was talking, let's talk about that lady, Rabbi, the promotion thing, right? Uh-huh. So his man said, go, go. So, next thing, she received the promotion. And she's like, what happened? They were not telling her the story. They said, that the biggest boys in the company, big company, oil companies, like the biggest boys in the company was sitting down in the board meeting. And as a sitting down in the board meeting, that the one guy just began to say, and he say, wait, wait, why has Mary not been promoted? And everyone was like, they continue talking. After a while, he said, wait, why has Mary not been promoted? And they say, they just continue, sir. He said, wait, why has Mary not promoted? He said, okay, promoter. So, after that, the lady found out what this man did, and she took a hamper, you know, to go and thank the man. I don't even know, I think it was even a white man, so I don't know. And she goes to the man's office and knocked the door, the guy opened the door. He said, thank you for, the man said, I hate you, I know Jesus, and banged the door. <laughs> this is a man that is not even born again. Didn't like the woman at all. <laughs> because you know what I said? When she prayed, an angel was released. You know what happened? They just stood behind the man during the meeting. After I talked to her, they just slapped his head. Bah! Just say, Why has Mary not been promoted? <laughs> then they just wait. Nothing. Slap Mary. Why has Mary? Till he got done, he would have slapped his head ten times. Till he promoted Mary. So never underestimate the power of prayer. Do you understand? Never understand. If you can pray, anything can happen if you can pray. It can happen. Anything can happen. So this period, you must be sensitive to prayer. If the Lord Jesus, Jesus himself, never joked to prayer a day of his life, then who told you you can be an effective Christian 
by joking with it. Prayer is power. Prayer produces power. Prayer allows God's will to be done. One thing I believe is that after these meetings that God is going to establish people in this place. God is going to establish you. God has a vision for the gospel. So a Christian cannot say, I will not pray. Unless you are not a Christian. Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, before his death, guess what? My guy is still praying. He was still praying. He was still praying. When you have issues, you pray. When you don't have issues, you pray. Is it, the Bible says, pray without season. In season and out of season. I always talk about, there's this program. They pray 29 hours straight. Two nine. You can't be a useless Christian after that kind of experience. After you've done that, no one will tell you, commit. Because you know, Christians always have different levels of commitment. After you pray like that, no one will tell you, join the cell. No one will tell you, come for meeting. No one will tell you, take responsibility. Do you know the will of God? Who wants to know the will of God here? The will of God is that every single one of you here becomes a cell leader. That's the will of God. Every single one of you here. Can you imagine? Look at this. How many of you have attended the cells, the cell meetings? Let me see your hand. Uh-huh. Almost everybody here. Now, how many of you love, like have grown through the cells, like it has impacted your life? Let me see your hands. Amazing. So, how, imagine how many we are, we are up to maybe 50 here. Like 50. Can you imagine if every one of you here is running a cell? Hey! That's what we call suicide bomber combination. Yes. You know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. There are many of you here that don't, will not start a cell because you feel that you're not good enough. You feel that you're not serious enough. You feel that, that you're not that kind of person. That's what you feel and think. But I can tell you, God is never interested in the person that is qualified. <laughs> Read your Bible, it's full of failures that God used. Are you worse than Gideon? Gideon has said that in the whole of Israel, my tribe is the least. In my tribe, my clan is the least. In my clan, my family is the least. <laughs> and in my family, I'm the least. When God called him, he was already giving God why reasons why I should not call him. And God said, Yeah, it's you I want. How about David? David there was an illegitimate son. That means that the father went to do outside. And that's how David was born. So they were not proud of it. And he was a young girl. So that means after the wife has given birth to several children, the guy started saying, you know what? Now some of these sisters are looking good. And decided to venture into some other projects. And so David was born. <laughs> You know, David said it in the book of Psalms, in Sydney, my mother conceived me. That means that it was not a nice thing. When Samuel came to anoint the king, they brought out his other brothers, lined them up. And Samuel saw the first to say, man, this is a king. God said, shift, 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 look away, look away. After all of them were displayed, he now said, is this everybody? He said, oh, someone said, oh. Say, oh, there's so there's one more. Can you imagine? Hi, God forbid. That's the person that God picked. Even King Saul that messed up. Eh? Saul did not believe in himself. The day of his coronation, when they called him to be king, that day, you know what he did? They were looking for him the day of his coronation. The guy had to go and hide behind luggage. The guy was there hiding, they had to drag him out. So come on, come here and be king, Joe. God has a habit of using people that don't, don't look like... See, when my friends... You know, I met one of my friends from school or university. Actually, he was one of the people that were trying to disciple and mentor. You know what he told me? I met him just like two weeks ago at church. He told me, he says, that if there was anybody that I felt God would have used to do what you are doing, it wouldn't have been you. Like... He, he said it was an unexpected thing. If you saw me when I was a student, whether in secondary school or even, you would 
you will look at me twice. If you are saying, who will God use? You will look at me. Yet, all of you are here because I obeyed God. So, before you start your false humility of disqualifying yourself, know that God is even happy with your disqualification because you will not look at yourself, you look at him. Yes. I still remember when I left university, God put a body in my heart for a year like, to go and start reaching out you know, to my secondary school and everything. That's how year started. I was feeling so inadequate so unworthy. I went to see my pastor the last time before I left. And my pastor said something. He said, don't look at what you can do for God, but look at what God can do through you. That was the word I held on to and left. And today, the rest is history. That's you, the way you are. That incompetent person is the person God is looking for. That's you, is who he's looking for. You. Is you. Because you will be so aware of your frailties and how inadequate you are by yourself. And you always rely on God. You say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, see, one thing that has gotten me this far is these words. Lord, help me. Lord, I receive help. Lord, I can't do it by myself. There's this sermon by Pastor David, the portrait of a saint. That message is a classic. Even as I am, with all the things that God has used me to do, I don't see myself as adequate. I just say, Lord, help. Before I preach, Lord, help me. Lord, you know we can't do this thing ourselves. When I talk, I want them to hear you, not me. I step aside. It is that heart that qualifies you. The heart that knows I can't do it. Ah, say I can't do it. Say, ah, yeah, the one I'm looking for, come. <laughs> what stops everybody here from starting a walk, starting a cell? A cell just means that you will be taking responsibility for other people. I want you to take that book you have or whatever you're writing on and ask yourself, what stops me from starting a walk, a cell? Write it and answer it. What stops me from starting a cell? Write it there and answer it. Jesus died for you, right? And that you are saved now. Are you saved? Yes. You are saved. So because you are saved now, you will go to hell because somebody preached to you. Abi, somebody evangelized to you. Do you believe what they said, Abi? Today you are born again. Then somebody is taking you in their cell and they are trying to help you grow spiritually. Do you know that there is someone else that is wishing you would do it for them? You know that? So there are people that will not come to Christ even for you. Does that make any sense? There are people that will not know the gospel even for you. Let me even say to you that there are many people in this school, just because they are Christian doesn't mean anything. They are not disciples. They don't have any idea of what the gospel is. They are just living their lives. They are what we call professing Christians. Nothing to show for it. And that is why the gospel cannot spread. This thing is what we call responsibility. What you need to start a cell is just a mindset of responsibility. A mindset of the fact that if I don't do something, nothing will be done. Do you understand? The people that are taking responsibility for you don't have seven heads. They just have a mindset of responsibility. And guess what? Let me say this. Some people naturally gravitate towards responsibility and want to be responsible. Some other people have to take you and put you. Some other people have to grab you and say, you come here. Oh yeah? Go and reach out, go and evangelize to that person. Come here. Go and do this. Come here. Start a meeting. They have to. Because many a times you don't know what you're capable of till you start doing it. How many of you here are run, doing a business in school? Maybe you're running some more business in school. You notice that till you did it, you always felt you couldn't do it. Did you notice? Then the moment you did it, you realize you kept on doing it and you're still doing it. Abby? It's the same way it works. Many at times, you don't know what you're capable of till they take you and put you in a position of responsibility. Let me even say this here. Uh, 
that your spiritual growth will be very hindered till you take responsibility for other people. That's the truth. Do you know me? I never knew I had a call for teenagers. I never knew. Young people. I did not know. She might, no, I, when I was leaving my university, I didn't know. When I got, it was when I, when I, God just said go. And I went. And I realized that it was there to reach out to young people. It was there. So it was inside me all along. But you know, do you know that if somebody, think about, now I want you to reflect on this, what I'm about to say. When I get, got to my school, you know, in Ghana, my university first year, so we are in first year now. I was in first year, just like you. My life was messed up. If you always, if you heard me talk about my life, how it was messed up with one very nice girlfriend there who is in France, who is in France right now. I was very, very carnal, very, but in my second year, there was just one girl, one girl like this, that I was even interested in. I was even trying to toast while I was dating this other one. Player, player. Because the problem was I was dating a carnal girl, but I was a, I had this yearning for spiritual things. And I like spiritual girls. You should see the one I married. Hi! Chakatada. Very hot. Spiritually. I had the yearning for spiritual things. Strong yearning. So I was dating this girl and there was this other spiritual girl. I liked her. So I was, you know, it was just that. And she said she invited me to church. She invited me the first day. You know, now you just have to try and form. Let them not, let them not be too familiar. I said no. She now invited me another day. And I said, okay, let me just go, you know, so that obviously she would think I would be serious. And that day was it. <laughs> that day was what we call it. It was it. That was it too. Just that invitation. Now, imagine if that girl never invited me. Just imagine, fast forward, do you know that these chairs will be empty? There will be nothing like here in this school if that girl did not invite me. So can you imagine by your own resistance, your own hesitation, your own, you know, non-challenge, that there are many other people you are hindering. Do you know why many of you are also here? Because you have always had a desire in your heart for God. But you didn't know how to go about it. Who has that? Who can, who can attest to what I'm saying? There was a desire you have for God, but you didn't know how to go about it. You didn't even know. You don't, you didn't know, but you just, you just knew I had a desire. You know, there's people that never had a desire. <laughs> that's why we had to beat it into you and pray it into your head. But some people always had a desire. You understand? And then somebody, somebody explained things to you. When you realize that people are your priority and you invest in people, you cannot afford not to be someone investing in yourself. Give me that book. That's my book. Can you see this book? This is a textbook. So your, your textbooks are like this now, Abby? Yeah. Abby? Because they are voluminous. They are supposed to at least usher you through a semester or two. Right? Some of them cover a whole course. Now, this is a course on evangelism and missions. This book is a course on its own. So the same way you are taking your academics seriously is the same way I'm taking the gospel seriously. The same way I'm reading to pass an exam. Me, I'm reading so that I'll pass the test of standing for Jesus and hear well done. Are you aware? So that means that you, <laughs> why I must read this uh, and study it and know it and live it is so that all of you can be the same way. I can't give you what I don't have. If I'm not someone that is passionate about winning souls, I cannot, ex- I cannot push that thing into you. If I don't know about healing, I can't teach you how to heal the sick. If I don't cast out devils, I can't teach you how to cast out devils. Do you understand? I must know how to do it to teach you. That's the secret. When you realize that people that are relying on you to be, to grow spiritually, you will go and learn. You won't be giving us that excuse that I, I don't feel worthy. That what worthy. I'm inadequate. I'm nothing. Shut up. Go and grow yourself. After academically, were you not failing before? Didn't you go and start reading? Didn't you go and find the course, uh, course reps and all those things? Didn't you go and work on yourself? Are you not improving? See, this thing, don't think it's just because I'm a weirdo that I'm reading this book. When you realize that this thing, when you stand before Jesus, he's not going to ask you about what you did in maths. Are you aware? There's nothing else. Do you know, I was telling them, I said, when you stand before the Lord, nobody will stand with you. <laughs> it's only you that will stand there. Only you. That's it. I said that day is so scary. Eh? Now, Paul, in 2 Corinthians 5, he said, 
He says, first of all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That we may receive, you know, for what we did in the body, whether it be good or bad. The next verse, he now said, knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. There's a terror of God. God is not just, oh, I love you. There's a terror of God. There's that side, the fierce side of God you will see on that day. He said, knowing that that day will come, knowing that terror. He said, we persuade men. That, you know what it means to persuade? Persuade means you are begging the person to say, guy, look, let me share. He said, I don't want it. Don't worry. You'll get born again. You have to. You must get born again. Come on, let me show you the word again. Let me show you. You know, since we're just see it again. Or let me see it. Yeah. It's persuasion. Because you know one day you will answer to him. Yes. So, it's even good for you that you are coming to a place where you can be trained so that the day you answer to him, you can answer and hear well done. It's a privilege. Amen? It's a privilege to be a soul winner. It's a privilege to take responsibility for people. It's a privilege to run a cell. It's not a burden. It's not something they say we should do. It is something that's from Jesus directly. It is my contribution to the spiritual family called Christ. Are you with me? Yes, because you see this book, I will, I will finish it. You know why? Because the more I study, the more I read, the more I learn, the more effective I become. I have, I can talk for 10 hours straight and I will not run out of what to say on any subject concerning the gospel. I can talk. You know why? Because I'm full of it. I'm obsessed. Meaning that if you are here and you feel inadequate, you can improve. Do you understand? You see, there are meetings like this that we always have. I've been to many meetings. But yet, in meetings like this, this is when people decide and say, you know what? This is the turning point in my own life. This is when I decide to become more serious. Do you understand? There is no subject or course that will make sense after you die. Are you aware? No course. Me- mechan- how many mechanical engineering will not make sense? Food and nutrition will not make sense. English will not make sense. Because we know you have the real speak English. In your spirit, there's actually no language. That's why it's also that when they go to heaven and everything, how they, they will tell you that the way they communicated with Jesus, and there are too many that have said it, it has to be true. That they just look at each other and communicate. They just know. So I don't need to know your name. I just see you. I know your name already. That's how they communicate impressions very fast. So, they will not mark you based on how well you did in this school. Should you do well in this school? Yes. But nobody's going to mark that. Like, like, once you die like this, <laughs> there's only one textbook that matters, is the word. How well you followed what the instructions inside that book. That's all. That's all. Forget everything. They want, do you know the way I say marriage? Some of you, your goal in life is to get married. They will even ask you about your marriage. <laughs> the only thing they will ask you is that did you reveal Christ to your wife or your husband? Did your children get born again and walk in the ways of God? That's all they care about. They don't care about all the moonlight, the time spent in the moonlight. They don't care about all those Chinese restaurant meals that you cooked on Valentine's Day. They don't care. I came here one thing that is on my heart coming here is that more people will take responsibility for the gospel. They are doing a marvelous job and I've seen them work. I've seen them. This is how many years. She's in final year. You know, I've seen them do a great job and everything. And then this final year, a lot of you are, are exiting. But can you imagine that, you know some people, the way their mind is, is ah, she has gone, no, it's over. That's how their minds are. They have gone. Ah, they are gone. They are gone. So it's over. But no. Instead, I'm looking at people that they are, they are being gone. They are even thanking God. You know why? Because it will give you a platform, you understand, to grow yourself. <laughs> the way we like to call it, they say, will kick you out to shine. Yes. And then, please, this thing is not for pastors. You say, I'm not a pastor. I can't do it. Please, shut up. When the Bible says, go into all the world and make disciples, did he say pastors go into all the world? He said what? Everybody. Someone say everybody. everybody. Including me. Including yeah, so you're part. You're part. There's no excuse. Amen? 
there is no what? Excuse. We are devoid of excuses. We kill excuses. We wound excuses. We murder and choke excuses. Do you know there are blind people that preach the gospel? Do you know there are lame people? Have you ever seen that guy that doesn't have hands and feet? That Nick guy. Pastor Nick. And the guy is going around campuses all over the world. Going into countries that they don't even allow Christians. He goes there and he preaches the gospel. So, you know, on that last day when you, you know, that last day when you had, maybe you'll be rehearsing when you, after you died, I realized, oh boy, one chance. You know, I started rehearsing all your excuses with Jesus. So I'll tell him that, you know, the way things were going, the way, you know, the economy was looking, I had to, man, God survive. You, you, all those things. Then you're there. Then maybe that Nick guy, by that time, he will have hands and feet. But he was strolling. The guy was strolling when I talking. You know, when you just get, uh, uh, you don't close your mouth. Because he's, him being there, you realize you had no excuse. You know, many of you here, to be in a school like this even means that you're from, at least your whole people are trying. There are people that come from the worst kind of poverty you can imagine. In fact, if they're so poor that the idea of school does not even cross their minds. They've never come, had a discussion in, in their family to say, um, when are you going to school? It doesn't occur. Yet, in that thing, those people are so fervent for the things of God. There is no excuse. There is no reason why you cannot start one. And you will not know you can do it till you do it. This is your first minute. Come. How old are you? 17. Amazing. Do you know, even if you just came in today, do you know the Lord Jesus believes you can do it? He does. I'll start with this. Give me your hand. Now, speaking in tongues is a very easy thing. Hmm? It's very easy. Right? You're going to have a desire to say something. You'll be desire to say something. Tongues does not come to your mind. It doesn't come to your mind. It doesn't come to your brain. It's just a desire to speak something. Do you understand? That's a supernatural thing. And what you are saying is going to sound like rubbish. Because you don't understand it. The Bible says no one understands it. But it's a very simple thing. Are you shy or nervous? Okay, we're all going to do something. Everyone stand up. For her sake. Who else doesn't speak in tongues? Yeah, you don't speak in tongues. Anyone else? Okay, they come. Come. Okay, if you're here, you've now got to somebody praying in tongues before. Raise your hand. I want to show you guys the power of discipleship. Alright? Now, I'm going to show you guys what to do. I hope you're watching. You know. I'm going to show you what to do so that next time I won't do this. In fact, right now I don't do it. I can actually call any of them, whether it's her or the other people to do it. You understand? But it's really simple. And let me say this. When you want to get someone speaking in tongues, knowledge is very important. Are you with me? Knowledge is important. You have to explain things. Things in Christianity, knowledge is what makes you, it makes you own them. Without knowledge or understanding, you don't own anything. Amen? You must have knowledge. So, speaking in tongues, let me say this. Number one, when you want to get someone speaking in tongues, you have to let them know that they cannot get a demon by speaking in tongues. Because there's this very funny idea or doctrine going that goes around that someone can get a wrong spirit. You cannot. Are you with me? Now, how does someone, how can someone know that they can speak in tongues? Are you born again? Are you born again? The Bible says in Mark 16, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe in Jesus? So, in other words, if you believe in Jesus, that means that naturally, you are given the ability to speak in tongues. The first one, it says they will cast out devils. The second one, it says they will speak with tongues, new tongues. Are you with me? So, speaking in tongues is a nature. Speaking in tongues is a language of a believer. Every Christian has the ability to speak in tongues. It's natural. Amen? It is natural. So, you have to know that right now, the only thing stopping you from opening your mouth and speaking in tongues is just that you don't know. Do you get? Not that you cannot. You can, but you just never have. Do you understand? It's the easiest thing to do. Very easy. 
It's very, very easy. You get. Now, other things you have to know is that First Corinthians 14, the Bible says that he who speaks in tongues, right, speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands. So you will not understand what you are saying. People hearing you will not understand it. It will sound like pure gibberish. Do you understand? So when I do the labagada, labagada, I didn't understand what I said. So when you speak your own, it's not, you are not going to understand. Number two, it will not sound like my own. For some people, this is the problem. They always have this idea that if I speak in tongues, right, that they all have to sound like the person's own. It was, how many of you don't sound like any other person's own? It sounds different, Abby. It will be different. Do you understand? And it will come to your mind. It doesn't come to your mind. It's not like you hear it in your mind. Labada, you not say labada, no. If you hear it, it's a demon. That's, that, that's, that one is not, it's not God. Do you understand? So, the way it works is what we call an utterance gift. Do you get? The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2 that those people spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, in other words, look at this. The Bible says they began to speak in tongues. So, when, for example, we're going to have an action point, we're going to lay hands on you. When we lay hands on you, see what we expect to do? There will be a desire to say something, to speak. You have to open your mouth and speak. You get? Some people have asked them to open your mouth and speak, don't they do like this? No. You will have a desire to say something. Do you get? There will be a desire to speak. A desire to speak. You get? So, now notice, I said it's a natural thing. It's your language. So, you know how to speak in tongues. You know. But when I lay hands, it's just to trigger something. You're just going to have a desire. Just yield to it. There will be a desire to, to talk. There will be a desire. How will you know if you are saying the right thing? Are you born again? So, you are saying the right thing. It's impossible to say the wrong thing. You understand? Because you are born again. Remember, it's your language. It's not something that is not gimmicks. It's your language. It's too natural. Do you understand? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get everybody speaking in tongues. Then I'm going to lay hands on you guys. When I lay hands on you guys, just you to your desire. Just speak. Just start speaking. You understand? You don't have... Remember, I said, just release yourself. It's easy. Do you understand? Release yourself. It is the easiest thing. It's only complicated when you say it's complicated. I can't do it. Do you understand? It's too easy. Just release yourself. Just there will be desire. Just, just you just not be saying. Just, just be talking. Talk it. Speak it. Just speak it. Speak it. Do you understand? It is too simple. So we're going to speak in tongues also that you will not be saying I'm shy. All of us are speaking in tongues. Do you understand? Are you ready? By faith, say I'm ready now. Ready. Eh? It's normal. So let's all begin to speak in tongues, not loudly. Just speak in tongues. Come on, speak. <laughs> Speak. Just begin to speak. There's a desire to speak. Yield to it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Begin to speak. That's it. You're already speaking. You're already speaking. You're already speaking. Come on, speak it. Speak. Come on. That's it. Give voice to that thing. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Nothing will open your mouth. See, you at least take a step of faith. Do you understand? What's the step of faith you take? Like when I lay hands on you, at least open your mouth to say something, right? Start to say something. Say a syllable. I mean, make a sound. Start, but in your heart, there's a desire. I want to speak in tongues. As you are saying that, more it will come. You just realize you say that, you say another you say another but you must see. Do you understand? Okay? Are you ready? All right, let's go. That's it. That's it. That's it, come on. Amen, amen. Now watch this. Now, actually several of them are already speaking. But then, sometimes when you are speaking, when you, you might notice that some of them are not speaking or you get, then don't be afraid to stop and ask questions. Do you understand? Because many times the issue is the, it's a mind block. What that means is that there's something in their minds or a wrong way of thinking that you need to correct. Do you understand? So, for example, now, the mistake is that you feel like it will happen when you do nothing. You must, it's, it's actually faith. Faith is that I take, because I believe it's there, I take a step of action. Remember this girl, where is she that I asked to drink water? What was wrong with her? There was a pain there, right? Now, what did I want? I wanted her to be healed. You know, I did not just stay and looking at her and not say anything. I did something. Do you get what did I do? I told her to take a step to do what she normally would not want to do because of the pain. Do you get? So it's the same thing, right? When I say speak in tongues, it's not, some people feel to just come on their mouth and they will just, something will just grab their mouth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Do you understand? You, the Bible says they began. That means when I say speak in tongues or I lay hands on you, you don't, 
There was this you, Steph. You even started talking before I even laid hands on you. You started. Do you get? Because I don't need to lay hands on you. It's just a point of reference. You understand? So, you must begin. You start with saying something. If you don't know what to say, everyone is speaking tongue. You're not saying, okay, let me say something like what they're saying. But that's not it all. But the point is that you must be saying something. You must be saying something. If you don't say something, nothing will happen. Nobody will open your mouth. You must be saying, as you are saying something, I'm believing that I'm, I can speak in tongues. I can speak in tongues. You are believing it. You understand? You just realize that it's flowing. It's just flowing. And now, when you start it, for you know, Shebada, it's not like it stops. You know what you do? You start again. Shabada, Lapada. You understand? Your breath finishes. You start again. Shapada, Shidaba. Do you understand? So it's really simple. Do you get? Does anyone have a question? What's the question? Or other fire stuff. No, the truth about it is that you, there's some. She was asking a question. Said that when she was, when she was, um, when she got filled, right? When she was, that they asked her, "Are you feeling this fire?" Please let me say that. Never ask anybody that. You know why? Because sometimes when we do these things, for example, some people we've seen that we are doing this and the God and the power of God. Sometimes we feel that thing. If you, that doesn't mean anything. Do you? Do you get? Me, when I spoke, I didn't feel jackal. In fact, I'm that kind of guy. Like, I'm that guy, if 10 people feel something, I won't feel anything. I'm that kind of person. I didn't feel jack. So feelings don't mean you got it. Do you understand? How do you know you got it? You got it by faith. The Bible says it, Abi. The Bible says if you believe, you what? Speak in tongues. That's what you hold on to. Do I believe? Yes. What must I do? I must speak in tongues. That is your basis. Not a feeling. Are you with me? Not a feeling. Do you get what I'm saying? You have a question? Oh, what's the question? Well, if you feel, it's, it's still a feeling. It's not the word. Do you understand? If you are born again, you get, if you are born again, you will speak with tongues. And let me say this. All of you here, let's do something. Try to speak, in, speak a wrong kind of tongue. Try. Try. No, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm serious. Right now. No, I'm not joking. Try to say something that is not tongue. Don't try to say one gibberish that is not tongue. Right now, start. Are you seeing that? What came out? It's not tongues. You cannot know speaking tongues. <laughs> Are you with me? Are you with me? Did you see that you could not speak rubbish? You spoke in tongues. It is already programmed in language from your spirit. You cannot do anything about it. I'm sorry. You can't. So, we're going to speak. Are you guys ready again? Are you ready? Yes. Now, please, let me say this. When you're speaking, don't speak like someone they want to shoot. Speak, see, like, I mean, be bold about it. Do you understand? It's your inheritance. I speak in tongues. You know what I'm saying? There's even that song, we speak in tongues. Satan is confused. You understand? It's your inheritance. So I'm excited to try it out. Do you get? God is, do you know, if the Lord is looking at you, the Lord is like, oh my God, those guys are, the guy is happy. Say, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Speak, my friend, speak. Yes. God, God is not like, oh my God, let me see you, they'll mess up. Let me just see. You, I'll be watching you. Don't try rubbish. No. The guy's excited. This is strong. He said he will speak in tongues. It is the nature of the new creation. Are you a new creation? Yes. So you will speak. You are not special to the point that God will skip you. You are not that special. Do you understand? So are you all ready to speak in tongues? You all ready? Let's speak in tongues. Come on. Amen. Amen. So, are you guys seeing what... How many of you have spoken in tongues? Did you notice that when you decided to speak that it happened? You noticed. Did you speak? You did. Yeah, you have a question. What was the question? Okay, she asked, wait, wait, wait. She asked the question, she said, can anyone lose the power of speaking tongues? I think it's the book of Corinthians. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Repentance means to change your mind. Meaning that because, see, just the same way God cannot change his mind because he gave you his spirit. He can't change his mind when he gave you anything that came with the spirit. You understand? So you can't lose it. Don't come and say, you know, some of you sing that song, cast me not, O gentle Savior. You know, do not pass me by the other one. What's the other song? Uh, cast me not away from your presence. Don't sing it though. I mean, that song is invalid. Even the guy that sang it, guess what? The spirit did not leave him. That was David that sang that song. Yes. And the spirit did not leave him. 
Even with the song. And yet, it could have happened. But you, you are the new creation. The Bible says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Meaning that your spirit and the spirit of God are merged into one. They can't separate. So what are you saying that the spirit does? It is really leave you. You have to leave too. You can't, you can't leave. You are merged. You now have a life. You have God's life. It cannot leave you. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Yes. So how have you learned something from what we just did? You learned something. You see, this is what we call discipleship. You get? You see it how it's done practically. Then the next time, guess what? It's you they call. Yeah, you. Come and do it. And you realize that you just do it the way you saw it and it works. Simple. Amen? 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 Amen. So they're speaking in tongues. They are. As simple as that. Well, let's see how it goes. I believe that the Lord will have us. There are other things that I feel led to also teach.